Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. No Block, No Rock, episode 24. Michael, hit us up with that Javi's info. Javi's Tacos, located here in Omaha, Nebraska, in West Omaha. If you haven't been to Javi's, go give it a try. They have two locations, one on Q Street and the other one on 168th and Center. So go give it a try. Okay. 37 days till kickoff, fellas. Whew. 37 days. So... Couple things to talk about. A few things have happened. We have hired Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts. As our new athletic director. Big Ten Media Days for our listeners um, that are listening was started today. So we'll talk about that. Um, but let's just start off with Trev Alberts. Um, let's get your thoughts, guys. What, what, what was your initial reaction? Did it change? Eric, he is chomping at the bit. Let's go, baby. You know, with Trev, it was like, I always thought that he was going to be the AD whenever he wanted to be. I always thought he was in line for the job at some point, because if there's one thing this school loves, it's 90s football players. There's nothing Um, more powerful than nostalgia, my friend. Yep. I'm not going to say I I hate it, and I'm anti-Trev Alberts because killed wrestling and football. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't care. It happened like 10 years ago, and it wasn't even his decision. But anyway, that's a separate conversation. But I'm going to hold judgment on what happens. Um, I warmed up to Bill Moose, and there was something off about that. Mm. I didn't like I course. I don't think anybody did. Dude, I, I don't think he liked himself. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? I'm sorry. Texas likes him, but that'll that'll come up later. And and Tom, well, he, uh, he yeah, Tom was AD at one point too. Let's just leave it at that. Anyway, I'm gonna hold ju- judgment because I think it's got potential here. It really does. He knows the university. He knows the state, and he's already been AD like in the university system, so he has a good idea of how things operate. Mm-hmm. So, I. He should have let's, uh, healthy relationships yeah. with people in yeah. the system. All that. So let's uh, so let's see how it goes. And for the pe- people out there who are saying that he's going to kill a sport, it's apples to oranges. Right. Mike, what do you think about Trev Alberts as AD? So Trev Alberts, new athletic director of Nebraska. Yep. What that tells me is one thing. Stability. So they hired Trev Alberts for one thing. We've had a revolving door of athletic directors. I mean, it's no surprise. It's not a secret. We have not found the guy to lead this athletic program. With that being said, I think Bill Moose did his job. He had one job when he came to Nebraska. Hire Scott Frost. Which he did. Which he did. Not only did he hire Scott Frost, he hired two excellent coaches, and Fred Hoiberg and Will Bolt. So was the tenure of Bill Moose... A flop? Was it bad? No. No, I think he did what he was supposed to do. Now, some of the stuff that happened behind the scenes that 
we'll never know the full truth. That stuff, whatever. But as far as far as being the athletic director of Nebraska, he did a good job. Now let's shift over to Trev Alberts. Trev Alberts, like I said before, stability. He's a young guy, and he has something in common that we all do, especially us three sitting here right now, and that's he loves the University of Nebraska. He loves this program. He loves this state. And so overall, I'm cool with the hire. Mm-hmm. I mean, was I a little upset when he cut the wrestling program, football program, whatever? Who wasn't? You know, we live here in Omaha, and the wrestling program was one of the best in the country. doesn't matter what division you're in. They were one of the best in the country. So the fact that that got cut, I understand it's a money thing, but that sucked. And as far as football goes, same thing. They were successful. But at the end of the day, like Eric said, you know, if you're going to have the opportunity to play Division I in all your sports, you have to sometimes cut some loose limbs, and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. So... Like I said, I like the Trev Alberts hire. I think he's a good face. He always says the right things. And I the one thing that really comes to me is he's not best friends with Scott Frost. We are going to say, yes, he is a 90s guy, all that stuff. But they didn't play together. Their relationship isn't like him and Matt, anything like that. So, I mean, right. Scott Frost is one. He's going to have to earn his trust. And they're going to have to put their heads together on what we can do to improve this football program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll admit when the announcement happened over Twitter, Trev Alberts is AD. Yeah, at first blush, I was like, ah, what was the point of a search committee to begin with? I mean, he was he's less than 50 miles down the road, for God's sake. So who was really part of the search committee? Why do we need one? But I, the more I've thought about it, I, I like it a lot. And for a few reasons. When you look at his tenure at UNO, I mean, he, he did make tough decisions he had to face the music on some things even if he wasn't the sole decision maker he was still the face and he still had to take the brunt of criticism from people so that has me encouraged about how he's going to face criticism here at the university of nebraska it's no secret we're the only show in town so yeah the spotlight's on you you're the ant under the magnifying glass you feel the heat and he's felt the heat before and i think if we were sitting here you know 10 years later and we find out that uno had the option of going d1 but then trev alberts didn't make those moves to do that and he didn't have a hand in making them become you know they built baxter arena have great facilities good baseball stadium we would sit here and be like why the hell didn't trev alberts take advantage of trying to go d1 like that's kind of wouldn't you you make more money, you get a little more exposure that way. I know wrestling was really a soft spot for a lot of people, but he's he's made tough decisions. He's um, hired good coaches too. Like yeah, I that mean, hockey the hockey coach that he hired. Dude, people people just like brush over what hockey's done. They made the Frozen Four, they're like they're a legitimate program. Yeah. But the other thing too is like Trev Alberts we a lot of people were like, we need someone from the outside. We, we don't need an inside guy who knows Nebraska. We had Sean Eichhorst, okay? <laughs> yes, we, we – look, <laughs> enough said. Um, Bill Moose, out, another outsider. We've had back-to-back outsiders. And so when you look at Trev, Trev Alberts, you're never going to question his motives. He loves the program. Any move that he makes, whether he keeps Scott Frost on – 
or if he has to fire him, you know that he's going to have the best interest of Nebraska in his heart. He's not going to try to make his mark on the program. He's already done that as a player. He's already yes. a legend. He doesn't need to do any other things to be a legend here. So you're never. he's not going to have any ulterior motives with any moves that he makes. So, yeah, I've really warmed up to this hire. I also need to say at the intro press conference, uh, Ronnie Green, I think I think it was, said that he was the only interview. Hmm. I don't buy that. You're a Division One program in the the Big Ten with more money than you can count. Right. There were other options. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it was a secret either because uh, Jamie Pollard was pretty public about it, that Nebraska reached out to him and he turned us down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that says about your program right now. I think Jamie Pollard, honestly, now that I've warmed up to the Trev Alberts thing, I would rather have Trev Alberts than Jamie Pollard. Jamie Pollard is living off of two successful seasons in football and a couple of successful seasons in basketball. Yeah, he, that, he made questionable football hires. Exactly. So, like, Matt Campbell happened to hit. Yeah, he, he made a splash hire with Matt Campbell, but... Overall, look at Iowa State, look at Nebraska. You can look at the small corner of a painting, or you can look at the big picture, and every time, Iowa State is a freaking mess. So, Jamie <laughs> Pollard, he's doing, he looks like a genius right now, but he didn't look like a genius five years ago. I'm just telling you that now. Yeah. So, And Jamie Pollard, uh, him saying no isn't really a huge surprise. I mean, I mean, it's not the first time another school has come calling, and he... Keeps staying put, getting a raise every time. Yeah. So. Yeah, and just uh, carrying with that, he's had other offers and he's turned them down. So it's not like Nebraska should feel that much worse about being turned down by Jamie Pollard. But, yeah, you're right. So, uh, with with the, some revelations that have come of light with the Big 12 Conference, Jamie Pollard might be in a little bit of a pickle... Um, do we just want to jump into that, or did you have another? Uh, just gonna say, uh, Nebraska should join the Big Twelve again. And uh, <laughs> no. Well, hey, well, we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. that, brother. So let's just let's just roll into that now. We kind of we kind of set it up, so let's just throw it down. Okay. So if you haven't heard, and you live under a rock, the University of Texas and Oklahoma have announced that they would like to go play in the SEC. Yes. Now, what that do- what that says to me is that. The super conferences are now going to start happening, and it looks like the SEC, if they pick up Texas and Oklahoma, one, I think those are bad fits for both those teams, but we'll get into that later. Okay. Another thing, too, is if you look at a team like Iowa State, we'll throw in there, where do they go? Who's going to pick up Iowa State? You can live off the success that you've had the last couple years, right? But you're not a profitable university, nope. and you have had a losing record as a program. So I don't think you're that as appealing as Iowa State fans may think. And, right. like, and where's Kansas State going to go? Where's Kansas going to yeah. go? I think Kansas will find a home easily because of the basketball thing. And like if I'm the Big Ten, I honestly, I'd probably call Kansas first before I called Iowa State because you're going to have another just stud basketball program in this conference. So, yeah. you know, would it be a surprise if Kansas – I'm not saying it will happen, but just – you look at the success of of the football and basketball program, or lack of football program. Would it surprise anybody if they cut football and join like the like 
uh, Big East or something? Who? Kansas? Kansas. Well, Um, they did... Look, they suck. But they did hire Leipold, who seems to be a pretty legit head coach. But here's the thing about, like, Kansas, UConn was... I, I think they're right on the outside of being considered a blue blood for a college basketball program. But where are they at right now? They're in the AAC because of all this conference realignment stuff. I don't think bas- I think you guys are overestimating the importance of basketball. Yeah. And football, look, the SEC, I'm just going to say, they straight swang their wang on everyone with this. They're basically saying super conferences are the future. We are getting it started. If you are serious about football, you better get in line. You better make your super conference because we're getting ours together. So if you're not serious about football, you're going to be left in the dust. So look, Notre Dame, I know you're independent. They're going ACC, guarantee it. Look, they they have their TV rights that they're assigned into for the next, like, I don't know, 15 years or so. That's a little tough. But the SEC just straight killed everyone with this. They're, they're telling everyone, you better get on board with what we're trying to do here. It's it, all about money and football, man. Is the NCAA, like, finally going to make Notre Dame do anything or still let them be independent for the, for I don't, the next 30 years? I don't think the NCAA really cares of what Notre Dame does. I think Notre Dame's going to have to make that decision themselves. Yeah. And it's going to come down to one thing. And that rules everything. Money. So they'll stay. So they'll stay independent because their TV so good. Well, no, but there's another part of money too. You could talk about TV, but if there's these super conferences, there's going to be a lot, a lot of TV money in that. And if you can't get in the college football playoff being independent anymore, then Notre Dame is going to miss out on a lot of money in a different way. So I think they're going to have to climb on board too. I wonder. You know, I do think it, Texas and OU gone from the Big Twelve is. Uh, it's the, the end of the the Big Twelve as we know it. There are avenue mm-hmm. loss of, of those two schools on merch sales and like TV or ratings or and and the NIL stuff is just mm-hmm. gonna be too big of a loss for them to recover from. And the Big Twelve's done. They they are completely done. If if Oklahoma and Texas, Texas. bounce, they're right. done. Even if Oklahoma were to bounce and Texas were to stay, they're done. And if you look at the leftovers of the league, we mentioned Iowa State. We mentioned Kansas State. Um, you know, you have Kansas, where these teams, from a football standpoint, traditionally do not offer much. No. They don't uh, bring you a lot of revenue. They're, Iowa State might be an exception to this, the academic side. Yeah. Um, I, I would love for the Big Ten, if we're going to make super conferences, to welcome Iowa State with open arms, because I think renewing some of those rivalries would be nice and like travel and all that just from a strictly nebraska football perspective that would be great the big 10 might not be so friendly to that idea but yeah the sec just straight genghis khan pillaged everybody with this so it's impressive let's do one thing before we move on to big 10 media days yeah if you are the big 10 and we'll say hypothetically texas and oklahoma go to the sec who are you calling for your two teams to add to the Big Ten? I'll just say number one is Notre Dame. Yep. That's number one. Number two, 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just know that they should. They need to reach out to Notre Dame and make them make them say no, like Jamie Pollard did to you <laughs> for Nebraska. First, I'm with Jared. I'm calling uh, Notre Dame. Two, I'm calling one of the t Texas schools that are left: TCU, Tech, or Baylor. If if the Big Ten came get in the Texas, it would help recruiting for everybody. True. Just chaos. <laughs> Please, Mike. Were you thinking Notre Dame for one? Notre Dame for one for sure. Okay. And then my other team, I was kind of with Eric. I think pulling one of those Texas schools or like Okie State would be kind of a fun, like fun way to expand the conference. Sure. So that's that's the way I would probably go as okay. well. So. I won't. Um, but sorry, Eric. But I just want to go back to your go back to the Big Twelve. Look, I said this before. Like I don't know, a couple months ago, people forget so easily how i know the texas isn't going to be there anymore if this all if this falls through but god they were treated so poorly for one by everyone everyone just fell in line right behind texas and for two what you're nostalgic about is not the big 12 it's the big eight it's the big eight it's not the big 12 nebraska had a few good years with the big 12 the rest not so hot you got to roll with it. E Ching, whatever. You got to evolve, adapt or die. Okay? The Big 8 is no more. The Big 12 is no more. Yeah, she gone. <laughs> it's gone. And here's the thing, the Big 12 as we know it, the high-scoring offense, all that stuff, that's heavily led by Oklahoma. Yep. And okay. Oklahoma will no longer be there. So, and it, it will not be a power conference if Oklahoma and Texas are gone. That is not a power five conference. Ooh. I will agree with that. Like, if it stays, it won't. Except, it, except if it stays, it will not be a power conference anymore. So that'll just be like the Iowa State conference, and they can beat up on Kansas State and Kansas every year and right. hope for the best. Okay. Um, Big Ten Media Days was today. Scott Frost was at the podium in Indianapolis. Uh, talking to the media, answering questions about the upcoming team. Um, Trev Alberts made the trip as well, along with Ben Stilley, Deontay Williams, and Austin Allen. Were there any comments by Scott Frost or Trev Alberts that jumped out to you guys? I do have my own selections, but anything that came up that you liked so, or didn't like? So I didn't really have like a, a favorite quote, but I do want to say this. Scott Frost was on his best behavior today. He was today. a good little boy. He was a good boy. Well behaved. He represented, and I don't know if like Scott, I mean, I don't know if Trev gave him like a talking to beforehand or if, you know, if who talked to Scott, but he was on his best behavior. Mm -hmm. He had reporters asking him questions that last year he would have gone off about, and he answered all the questions in the right way. Yep. And represented us and made Nebraska look like a program that's going to obey all the rules, no matter if we like them or not. Yeah, one of the things that stood out to me, of course, along those same lines, was one of the reporters brought up the SEC and their protocol, which is forfeiting games for teams that aren't able to play. And so when Scott was asked, you know, what's your opinion on forfeits, he basically said... I don't have an opinion. I trust the Big Ten to make the correct decisions. And every team's going to have their own protocol. 
it's all going to come together to the league office, and then I think a final like rule is going to be made about that for teams that can't play due to COVID. But he basically just said, I trust the Big Ten to make those decisions. Yeah. He, he did not want to stoke any fires or poke any bears today, I don't think. So do you think uh, Wisconsin's going to try to avoid us again this year? No. <laughs> Look, they were... Nebraska's not at any point where I think anyone's trying to avoid us. But... Look, maybe that's true. Maybe it's true. I, Minnesota came to Lincoln with 30 guys missing and still laid the wood. So, yeah. look, you know. Um, Eric, was there anything about the press conference? Yeah, there was one thing that stood out in, part- in particular. It's when Frost uh, kind of got up there and said he was doing a lot more like internally with the, uh, the athletic department than quote, I would have liked to. Yeah. And that tells me that either he was not focused on his own job or the people in charge were not focused on their jobs. And if and the play on the field this year will probably judge on which one it was. So. Yeah, I mean, one of the big criticisms about Bill, about Bill Moose was that he was frequently absent. And so it doesn't surprise me that Frost probably felt like he had to do more than was necessary to keep things moving along. Again, I'm not in the offices, I don't know, but that was one of the rumors was that Bill Moose was always gone. So, Hey, my favorite quote, best ability, availability. Right. And if Bill Moose wasn't (laughs) available, Scott Frost had to pick up some slack, it sounded like, Mm -hmm. at least from that quote. And maybe that's... The only time Scott broke from his uh, good boy character and took a small jab, if you read inside the lines there, maybe it's a small jab at Bill Moose, saying that maybe he was doing a little more than he should have yeah. as the head football coach sure. and not being able to focus on football. Yeah. Another thing that stood out to me was another reporter asked Scott which position he is most excited about this year, and he pointed out the offensive line. If you know me, I prefer an offense that jams the football down your throat via the running game. He mentioned he said the words Husker Power. He said it. Okay? It gives me a semblance of hope that he again is recognizing that the Big 10 is a different animal and that an offensive line that paves the way for a solid running game is the best offense to run in the Big 10 where there is cold weather and Playmakers aren't grown on trees. So to follow up on that, yes, is the Rutgers game plan going to be our game plan, like moving forward now? Because you wouldn't like just bring up an offensive line if you didn't plan on. Right. I mean, you could you could say, "I'm really excited about our, our receiving core this year. We have Omar Manning. We have Samar Torre. We've got Oliver Martin." We have these tight ends. We have Austin Allen. We have Okalek. He didn't say those guys. He said the offensive line. It, I think your question, Eric, depends kind of on your opinion of Coach Frost. If you like Coach Frost and you're fully on board, you would probably say, yes, we are going to continue the Rutgers game plan. If you're on the skeptical side of things like I am, you're probably not expecting a Rutgers-like offense and especially since the later interview with 
the Big Ten network analysts, he said a lot of his offense is just going to be like the same. So, I don't know. I, I hope it's the Rutgers. So, let's go into a scenario here. Okay. We have our first possession. We go three and out. We run the ball three times. Jesus. What do you think Scott Frost is going to do on drive number two? Is he going to is he going to stick to running the ball, or is he going to try to throw it down the field? Well, oh, sorry, not throw it down the field. Is he going to try to throw a three-yard bubble? Well, he's going to go, damn, that didn't work. Shit, I guess i got to pass the ball four times now. Yeah. on four, Even on fourth down. That's, that's what I'm looking for, is yeah. what is Scott going to do if he tries to run the ball, mm-hmm. since he's not used to running the ball. Right. Right, he's used to this quarterback run and all that stuff. It and running the ball between the tackles here. What is Scott going to do when it doesn't work? A couple plays. Does he run away from it, right. or does he embrace Husker power in the pipeline? Is he going to try to change what he's been doing, or is he going to stick to his guns and try these swing passes and everything else in these quarterback runs? Again, I think that. Totally depends on what you think of Frost. I think it's no secret that he, in the past, has talked a big game. Um, that's why with this Husker Power thing, I am very cautiously optimistic. I think it is just more talk. Um, but look, this is his chance. If it's if he's going to make it work with any team, this is the team. Okay, you've got Marquis Step who is supposed to be our day one running back. Okay? He's supposed he's to be supposed the bell cow. Be, he's supposed, he, and that's what Scott Frost said, too. Like, I don't want a rotation. I want one guy I can depend on. If you look at the running back room, it's not uh, it's not very encouraging. But if Marquis Stepp is indeed healthy, like, there's hope for run the damn ball guy. There is hope. So... I don't know. Um, another thing that stood out to me was Scott Frost mentioning the close games. Yep. That Nebraska has not pulled out. A big reason why he's twelve and twenty is because of the one score games that Nebraska has not pulled out. He acknowledged the mistakes. He acknowledged the miscues, the shooting yourself in the foot, the special teams. He said these today during his press conference. And so the first sign of fixing a problem is acknowledging that you have the dang problem. Yeah. But was he actually pointing the thumb? That's my thing. Mm. So these mistakes, in my opinion, are one thing. Coaching. It it comes down, these are mental mistakes. These are, you know, false starts. You know, holding penalties. Turning the ball over. Delay a game. Delay a game. Out of timeouts. I'm, I'm sorry, but after a while, you... It's it goes back to the coaching staff, yeah. and so yes, he acknowledged it, but I would have liked to see him own it. And the thing with that is, a big theme with him during these media days was experience or lack thereof that the teams that his teams have had in the past. And so I think in that sense, he kind of was pointing the finger a little bit at the inexperienced roster instead of the coaching staff, or practices. Yeah. Because he was saying, 
we want our roster to be a way that freshmen come in and they don't play right away because we have three, four-year starters. And so what that tells me is he's kind of using an excuse. We had too many freshmen. We had too many sophomores starting. Not enough experience. That's why we're making the mistakes. I I just I disagree. I I see teams every Saturday that are young and they don't make near the penalties and the turnovers and the mental mistakes mm-hmm. that we have done in this 12 and 20 record. So, yeah. So, guys, another thing that we probably should have teased, Will Bolt making moves. Bolt ball making moves, baby. Just hired Rob Childress back from A&M. That to me was surprising, and I, in my opinion, I don't see it as a long long term uh, fit here because right. I think he will get another, you know, head coaching opportunity. Mm-hmm. But what a great opportunity for us to to reap those benefits for however long he wants to stay. Yeah, he's gonna on paper be the director of player development, so you know that tells me that he's gonna help a little bit with recruiting, a little bit with scouting. You know, it kind of reiterates the the feelings that I have about where this baseball program is headed. Would Rob Childress come here if he didn't think that things were on the up and up? You know what I mean? No. Like, he could just retire, go to live with his family and his wife, and just take the year off, or two years, whatever. So it's got me very encouraged that Rob Childress sees something. And he even acknowledged that. He said that, these players take on the identity of their coaches, hint, hint, football, and their personalities, their work ethic, it's all a reflection of the coaching staff. So just real quick, I, I, how can you not love the hire? I mean, went to two uh, CWSs as a head coach of A&M. He was a pitching coach for all of Nebraska's appearances at, in Omaha. How can you not love it, man? And uh, quick congratulations to Jackson Hallmark for signing a pro contract. The Astros. Yeah, and Schwelly, of course, getting drafted. 59th overall. Keith Povich going to the Twins. Can you believe that in the Let's third go. round? Yeah, I didn't. I can't that. believe he fell like that. No, I no fell. No, no he was, I no, I can't believe Schwellenbach Schwelly. fell out of the first round. Well, but yeah. I, I think it comes to fit. Maybe. And he look, he's he's a great player, and that's kind of. The problem is that he's he could be either way, and you just need a team that believes one way or the other. They're gung ho about the position that he's going to play. Yeah. So the Braves took a liking to him. I think they're going to try him out as a pitcher. We'll see. But guys, let's talk about that Tanner Farmer episode, that TMZ esque. I mean, look, we got we got a lot of hits on that thing. Yeah, so first off, let's just thank everybody, all the listeners right now, um, everybody who clicked that retweet button, everybody who clicked the like button. This thing kind of just had some legs and ran because it it had over 7,000 views. Our clip of that video when Tanner was talking about Mo Washington, that had over 7,000 views. So we just want to thank everybody. We want to encourage you to keep listening because we promise you more guests are coming. You're always going to get those hot takes when you listen to our podcast. Heck yeah, baby. So we just, once again, thank you so much for all the interactions that we had last week. It was just amazing. 
you know, there was a listener that I got in touch with, and they were like, "This is this might be like the moment, like the the kind of takeoff moment for the NBNR podcast." You know, like the snapshot in time, like this is it where you guys take off. And I'm like, it's kind of surreal. I mean, I'd, I'm not going to get too big for my britches here, but, you know, 7,000 views. That's pretty Listen, good. We got, we got to keep going with, with the videos. I think those help a lot. Um, but, yeah, we like Mike said, we really appreciate it, guys. Um, follow us on Twitter, speaking of, at NBNR Podcast. And go check out our brand new website oh, at yeah. nbnrpodcast.com. Go, this is where you're going to find all of our past episodes. Big shout out to Kyle View Productions. Kyle Byers here on our team. Yes, he designed an excellent website. If you have any feedback, if you want to be a part, if you want to sponsor us in any way, we can advertise for you. Just reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us through our website. You can reach out to us directly on Twitter. We are open for advertising. You know, NIL is helping those college athletes. You can help us too. We don't, we don't make any money doing this. So we absolutely love interacting and we would be happy to promote any businesses or ideas that you have. Yes, indeed. Um, anywhere that you listen to your podcast, guys, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, <laughs> give us a five-star review. Give us a listen. We really appreciate the feedback and Contact us, please, on the NBNR Podcast website. That is literally nbnrpodcast.com. Any message that you send will go directly to us, and we're going to see it right away. So please, any feedback, suggestions, if you can get in touch with any guests that maybe we didn't think of, absolutely. We would love it. Um, but let's sign off, guys. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. All right. This is when your host, Jared Hall. Mike Delaware. Tomorrow. And as always, GBR. GBR.